Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richard. Good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day, none other than Dina Saeed Dahl, attorney at law and legal and crime analyst. We have a lot of legal things to discuss today. Always fascinating to have a breakdown. Top story of the day. I have proof, ladies and gentlemen, that Donald Trump defunds the police. Not only does he defund the police, he is not concerned about funding the police that he has defunded. Let me go ahead and give you this insane but true story. Former President Donald Trump has a long history of actually stiffing local police departments who have helped provide security for his rallies. And the Daily Beast reports that it may finally be coming back to haunt him. As the publication writes, Trump and his campaign owe significant sums of money to municipalities all across America, which might make those locales less likely to offer security services in the future. Which could mean that Donald Trump will have to hold rallies in smaller venues. Well, good for him because his numbers are only in small venues now anyway. So let's be clear about the character of the man. Donald Trump promotes an ideology that says anyone who proclaims defund the police, they are anti-American. Even though defund the police as a movement is a directive that simply says, look at public safety rather than just policing. Policing is not the goal, public safety is. Policing is a methodology to get to your public safety goal. There are many avenues much more effective than simply hiring more cops. That is the sentiment of the defund the police movement. Donald Trump during his rallies would have additional security. Every campaign usually will pay officers or even the municipality to make sure that over time or whatever extra manpower is needed does not have to come from a taxpayer. Donald Trump has decided not to pay the officers that work for him. There's more. By the end of his presidential term in 2021, Trump still owed more than 2 million in overtime reimbursement and other expenses. That's according to an insider and CTV news analysis. Notes the Daily Beast, the ex-president's most recent venues have mostly been at fairgrounds and airports far from city centers. Former Trump official, Elisa Farah Griffin tells the Daily Beast, even if he had paid local and had access to high-end venues, he might not be able to fill the kinds of arenas he once did in 2016 and 2020. In addition to that, you have Donald Trump defunding the police, got away with it, no issues. Police aren't saying anything. Do you not find it ironic that the very cops he defunded have not said a word about him defunding them? The politics are extreme here. Who does this? I guarantee you if this would have been a narrative about former President Barack Obama or maybe current President Joe Biden, 
this would be front and center on fake news, I mean, Fox News, but it is not. Something else, you know, all of that free speech stuff, DeSantis and Trump talk about, well, they tested it with each other. Trump supporters went to a book signing for DeSantis. Remember, DeSantis, the governor of Florida, excuse me, governor of Satan, he's not running for president, or at least he has not announced. But here's what happened. Yes, why? Because. Because of what you're wearing? Because they told me to say anybody wearing Trump has to go right now. Oh, 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 Wow, the security guard literally called the police on people because they were simply wearing Donald Trump t-shirts. First of all, not a bad idea, but in the context of how it was done, obviously, Extreme, doesn't make sense. Why would they be charged criminally? Why would they have the police called on them? I thought free speech was the premium. Let's get into it. DeSantis attended a signing for his book at a Books a Million. Leesburg, Florida is the location. Where outside Trump supporters gathered to show their support for the 45th president. DeSantis is widely believed to be mulling a presidential run in 2024, which would set him on a collision course with Trump, who declared in November. In a video flagged by Patriot Takes, a security guard in the parking lot tells Trump supporters to skedaddle. One of them asks why. Security guard says, because they told me to say anyone wearing Trump gear has to go right now. The guard explained. When the Trumpers refused to leave the parking lot, Leesburg police captain came to the mall to eject them from the mall property. Villages News later reported. Wow. I need, listen, I need DeSantis to hurry up and get in this election. Okay. All right. Uh, Ms. Dahl. Okay, just legally, right? <laughs> it seems like, hey, that can't be legal. But technically, if the private commercial business backs the will of the politician to say, we don't want you on this property for whatever reason, that's basically enforceable. Am I right or wrong on that? You're right. I mean, it is private property. And so they can ask you to leave for any reason. And they tied it to him, them wearing the, the Trump outfits, which, you know, from a political point of view, it's a little bit surprising. He's gonna need um, the Trump supporters if he really wants to win an election. But, you know, this whole idea of like free speech, right? And maybe who it belongs to. And for some reason, the Republicans think it belongs to them. But really, um, DeSantis is really anti free speech. I mean, we saw that with Disney when Disney was supporting um, the LGBTQ 
community, he stripped them of their their rights. He's, I think, shown over and over to actually be anti-free speech, which is a departure uh, maybe from the Republican Party who doesn't normally like to interfere with corporations. I mean, look at Trump um, rolled back the regulations of the trains, and that's how we got the train collision in East Palestine because Republicans normally are so hands off of corporations. DeSantis is the opposite uh, with these kind of culture wars. And I, so I think he's far from a free speech advocate. And I just can't wait to sit back and watch and see uh, both Trump and um, DeSantis just kind of tear them each other down. I, I think that's what we're seeing here. Yeah, already it's starting. This is an update, $2 million settlement to a family because a cop killed a man, a drummer. Let me remind you of this horrific story. Let's put up a picture full of masks. The family of 31 year old Corey Jones, a black man who was killed by a Palm Beach Gardens, Florida officer. This was in 2015. They have now reached a $2 million settlement with the city. Jones reportedly was killed on I-95 exit ramp by the officer after his SUV broke down. The church drummer was on his way home from playing a gig with his reggae band. Palm Beach Gardens officer Newman Raja and Jones at approximately 3.15 a.m. on October 18th, 2015, after seeing his SUV stalled on the exit ramp, there was this connection, this interaction. And this death, shot and killed him. Officer Raja was actually convicted of attempted murder and manslaughter in 2019 and is currently in prison serving a 25 year sentence, as it should be. According to 7 News Miami, Raja is the first law enforcement agent in the state to be convicted and sentenced to prison for on duty killing in almost 30 years. Let me give you details of what happened. Jones carried a handgun and was authorized to carry a concealed weapon. He bought the firearm to protect his drum set that was worth 10,000 bucks, which he had in his vehicle when he was approached by Raja. Officer Raja worked for the city's auto burglary investigation team and wore plain clothes, but was told to wear his police vest if he ever approached a civilian, which in this instance, he reportedly did not do. Raja was wearing a baseball hat, jeans, and a t-shirt when he approached Jones by driving an unmarked van up to the exit ramp in the wrong direction. Raja did not verbally identify himself, nor did he show Jones his badge when he pulled his van up to Jones vehicle. The prosecutor said that Officer Raja acted in such an aggressive manner. Jones must have thought he was about to be killed or robbed when he reached for his handgun as Raja opened fire multiple times. Now, what do we have so far? We have an officer who's on duty, who probably does fear for his life. Let me explain that part. However, he created the situation. He antagonized the entire ordeal. 
He was the aggressor. He initiated the interaction that led to a reasonable reaction from the man he ended up killing. So just because you may now fear for your life because somebody is actually reaching for a gun. If you created all of the circumstances that led to this moment, you do not get to say this is self defense. That is my point. The prosecutor did the right thing. I gotta tell you this, 99% of jurisdictions would not have charged this cop. No, there's more. Jones had been talking to a tow truck dispatcher on a recorded line. The dispatcher recorded him saying to Raja as he opened his door, huh? Raja yelled, you good? And Jones replied that he was. Raja asked him, really? Roger then yelled for Jones to raise his hands while using profanity. According to prosecutors, Jones pulled his gun, tried to run away while Officer Roger fired three shots at him as he ran down an embankment and threw his gun. Roger then fired more times at Jones, who was ultimately shot once in each arm and through his heart. Roger claimed that Jones pulled his gun on him first. However, audio recording of the shooting death indicated that Raja instigated the altercation. Jones' gun was found approximately 125 feet away from his body, and the gun had not been fired. Now, let's talk about protocol and policy. Number one, George Floyd Policing and Accountability Act, if it would have passed, actually lowers the bar of what we know as mans rea. Uh, cops right now gotta kind of know what they're doing is a criminal act. Under the George Floyd version of reform, the requirement would be similar to you and I, the everyday person. We don't have that. What do we have here? We literally have an officer who instigated the entire matter. But that's not abnormal, is it? It is not abnormal for an officer to be wrong, to initiate contact, to be absolutely incorrect in their investigative prowess something bad happening and they are exonerated because of the rules or policy of that particular department. So Ms. Dahl, I'm glad you're here <laughs> to give us the why. Why was it that this incident led to an actual conviction? Well, I think that the big why is because of that audio recording. You know, they they need the evidence, and to that extent, they were able to hear how that all unfolded. I think it's you can't deny that kind of evidence, but I think they could have charged murder. And it is possible if this was after George Floyd, they might have. We definitely have seen more aggressive charging of police officers since then. I mean, it's Florida, so I'm going to yeah. hedge that, but. I think that they could have shown intent there. Um, not only did he instigate it, but he it wasn't the first few shots that were fatal. It was after he threw the gun, after he continued running. And maybe at that point, I think the threat to him had definitely passed. And they could have said that at that point he did have the intent for murder. So I think they could have done it. There's always reasons why not. They don't wanna overcharge and not get a conviction. But I was actually really disappointed to see the $2 million figure. I think this is such a horrible case. The facts here are so bad. I mean, he was plain clothes. He didn't introduce himself. Um, there was really nothing 
that uh, the victim did at all that was aggressive. So I think he should have gotten much, the family should have received much more than the two million. Uh, it's possible, you know, there's always factors that go into settlement, but this to me was a kind of a really bad case. And I, although I'm glad there was some justice, I, I think there could have been more. I completely concur because the settlement happened after the conviction. There's absolutely nothing else for you to defend. The man was convicted of what you are suing uh, the city over. So I agree, two million, really low. All right, these are stories that typically you do not hear about. Let's put them up. You see this person, he, was according to the authorities going to kill a lot of black people, okay? Man has been arrested after plotting a mass shooting of black people in Las Vegas. After Hunter Holman lost his job at a Las Vegas call center, he allegedly attacked a black family with his car, used racial slurs, threatened to shoot other black people, and left a severed goat's head behind in an extended stay hotel. The car attack, let me explain that. Holman is facing two felony counts of assault with a deadly weapon, motivated by bias or hatred towards the victims. In a July incident, when he allegedly randomly picked out a family, almost ran them over and indicated he wanted to kill them. That's according to the Metro Police Department, there's more. Then you have a mass shooting plot. Let's go to February 22nd. Las Vegas police learned from the FBI in Arkansas that Holman was suspected of threatening to kill African Americans at a fitness center in Little Rock with an AR-15 rifle on the 9th of the month. After searching the department's database, police found complaints from June 2022 of racial slurs, harassment, and death threats allegedly made by Holman against employees at Extended Stay of America hotels, leading to his arrest Thursday on suspicion of two gross misdemeanor counts of hate crimes. There's more. Holman's behavior started soon after his May 16th termination from his job at a call center. He started sending text messages claiming to be Jesus and part of the FBI and use racial slurs while making harassing phone calls to the call center, according to the police. On June 2nd, police said they received complaints that Holman showed up at the call center, made racial slurs at a manager, threatened to sexually assault another manager, circled the parking lot doing donuts in his car, and then decided to send threatening texts to employees. Oh, there's more, in September. Holman checked out as a guest from the extended stay on Maryland Parkway, where the manager reportedly found a goat head in the freezer, along with an extensive collection of knives in Holman's former apartment, police said. The manager told police that Holman made several menacing calls. And when Holman got the impression the manager was a white male, the caller invited him to join his group stating he was the king of the KKK. Holman, who is set now to appear in the justice court for a status check on March 30th for 
the hate crime charges. He is scheduled to appear in court again May 24th for the charges related to the July incident, multiple situations before this. And if he wasn't in jail now, probably more situations would be right here to report to you. Now, I know some will say, well, maybe he has a mental health disorder, possibly. Um, there's nothing conclusive that says that everything based on the narrative shows that he actually understands right from wrong. Now, please remember, a person's ability to stand trial is not predicated on some level of mental health disorder. You literally cannot understand the difference between right and wrong to be declared incompetent to stand trial. All of us have some level, some variation of something mental going on, uh, me included. But the absolute determination for standing trial is your ability to understand if what you did was right or wrong or something massively different happening after your charge. That's a different dynamic. But let's be very clear. This was a continuation for many, many years. It wasn't until the FBI got involved and they were able to put some things together that others had not. Just like I'm reporting on him finally being arrested. Easily, this could be a different report given the fact that this was not detected earlier and treated as a pattern. All right, Ms. Dahl, thoughts here? You know, I agree that, and I'm wondering if what they're charging him with is enough. I mean, it looks like an attempted assault with a deadly weapon, not that much time. Maybe they will add charges to attempted murder with that attempt at the mass shooting because otherwise he may not stay that long. And he does sound like somebody who, I mean, we hear when somebody does a mass shooting, there's often these kind of things in their background. They usually have been um, suspicious to the people around them or even to the police themselves. And so this is an opportunity for him to go to jail and probably get the help he needs. It sounds like he does have something else going on. And, and sometimes being in jail, they are able to finally get like the medical evaluation and get the medicine they need. And, and sometimes people really do improve and they're, you know, we'll see. But my thing as a lawyer, I'm thinking I they might need to charge him with a few more things because it sounds like he did some other very serious things and, and hopefully that's kind of still coming. Yeah, very unfortunate. All right, we got more. On the other side, indisputable stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We have a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments. I don't have time to get to all of them, but I appreciate everyone who joins the conversation. Um, there is an imposter, okay? This person mm. is going around saying they are indisputable or saying they are mean. They are liars. I need your help. Let's put that screen back up. I need your help. What I want you to do is when it is seen, when you see this imposter on YouTube or anywhere, make sure you report that person and call them out. Say clearly, this is not Doc. This is an imposter, this person is trying to scam, okay? It really makes me upset that someone would attempt to do what this person is doing. Uh, and it could be more than one, 
but the way we protect the community is by transparency, all right? So I wanna make sure you know, so that we can all work together to stop this from happening. I appreciate you in advance. All right, we got some comments. Lynn says Trump also not paying the police, not surprised. Trump can't even pay respect or pay attention. I see what you did there, I like that, that is true. Mickey C, the silver hair dragon says Trump has been stiffing municipalities since his first rally in 2015 and continues to do so today. He hasn't paid any of those bills, some of which are eight years old. And here's the irony, they don't care. They don't care, the police don't care, the citizens obviously don't care. City council, mayor, don't care. Have they made a fuss about it? Not at all. All right, uh, Mr. J Guns, the blind MC, thank you so much for this, by the way. Sending much love and light to the whole TYT family. Much love to Dr. Rashad Ritchie and the whole Dragon Squad. Are you guys going to talk about the train that derailed in Detroit after the one that did in East Palestine? Uh, yes, likely, not today's rundown, but yes, uh, we appreciate your support. Thank you again. Uh, you don't like my music, says so much for the back the blue. I'm talking about Trump stiffing cops. The Flojo 1958, welcome to Indisputable. Thank you for joining the movement. And Mind Grifter says, my brother's friends with a guy who owns a contracting company that did business with one of Trump's companies. Definitely got stiffed on the bill. This is the norm for him. I mean, the guy literally had an entire department dedicated to simply not paying people, okay? Horrible person. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I wish a Karen would. You wanna call the police on him for having a barbecue on a In Sunday? You're I feel French, back off! I'm gonna tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Let's put it up, full mask here. This particular Karen uh, was really upset, decided to act in a manner that illuminated her Karenicity. According to the person who posted this, the incident occurred in Nashville. Uh, let's go to the poster. Uh, he commented about his Karen encounter at the clinic. He said, I just needed some pain meds. You and me both, my friend, you and me both. All right, um, we don't have much information about who this particular person is. If you do know this Karen in question, I highly recommend that you do an intervention, have a conversation. Try to illuminate the Karenicity so she changes. All right, here we are again, Ms. Dahl, we're trying to be a reflection, right? A mirror for correction and reflection. We shall see if it happens. What are your thoughts here? 
You know, life can be tough and sometimes it's not easy being on the customer service phone or sitting in a medical waiting room or whatever. But I think we've talked about this before. We've got to all get along uh, our, you know, our, uh, our existing shouldn't harm somebody else's existing. And you know, it's okay to be frustrated. I mean, we get frustrated sometimes. It's like, we gotta figure out how to express that in a way that um, isn't, like I said, harmful to somebody else. Cuz that person's going through their own things. Yeah. And you know, so we shouldn't have to like dump our stuff on that person. And I don't know, maybe we should teach this in like elementary school or high school is like how to communicate <laughs> frustrations with each other. Um, you know, how do we be people? I think we've lost that somehow. How to not be a caring. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, double dose. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're going to feel French! Back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Everybody turn their video on. I'm not afraid to take a stand. Everybody come take my hand this world together all through the storm. Everybody come take my hand, this world will rock together through the rain. I'm a queen. Let's bring a little Detroit to town, a little bit of Radiohead. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Dirty cop right there. Go ahead, pull your gun and put a bullet through my head! I'm not afraid to take a Why did you guys have body cameras? Paul King County DEA, the head chief. He's the one that's going to track all those sexual girls that were trafficked right there on that plane that are going to club. You want me to name the club? Deja vu? Everybody, there's girls from that plane going to Club Deja Vu to dance that are being trafficked from around the world. Hashtag taken! I'm not afraid to take a stand! Everybody! in the white privilege is going on. There's more. Come take my hand this world, we'll take together through the storm. Everybody, come take my hand this world, we'll take together through the storm. And I can't stop living this way. I'm coming out of my cage. You want a little Detroit here? It's over south of uh, New The real hero, the guy who gave him dap at the end of that and walked off with. Okay, listen, whatever he's going through, obviously, he needed to get that off his chest. 
I'm going to highlight something else. The police were there. He defied multiple lawful commands to leave. He was told at the beginning, you will be arrested. He was not proving that law enforcement can actually de-escalate or just shut the hell up and let somebody be loud. This is ironic because what we've seen on this show, what we've seen in our reporting and the victims of police misconduct is that when a particular person of a particular hue will have the audacity to simply ask a question that's appropriate, police officers tend to get irate. But in this case, they allowed an irate individual to take over that facility. Now, we'll say this, he wasn't hurting anyone. He didn't attack anybody. He was loud and disruptive, yes. But the police handled it the way, I guess, to preserve his life, not give him an arrest record. All right, Ms. Dahl, he could have obviously been taken off that property, charged criminally with trespass, probably resisting arrest, maybe even obstruction. We've Mm -hmm. seen that happen routinely. None of that happened because the police decided to just let him chill, get it out of his system. They walked him out, no incident beyond that. Mm-hmm. And, and your point is so valid. You know, Why is it that it happens sometimes and not others? I mean, we want it to happen. We just want it to happen more often, right? Um, and more equally. And so, although I don't wanna say like, I wish they hadn't done that because you know, when you're dealing Maybe that was the right thing to do, but like you said, you wish you had more often. I have to say, watching it too, I was just really glad it didn't happen on the airplane. You know, he's in yeah. the airport, and that's a much more like scary place. I feel right. like for something like that to happen because you're so trapped, and these poor flight attendants are having to deal with like so much more. I couldn't quite tell if he had. It sounded like he just got off the airplane. Um, so yeah, I think that I'm glad that you are pointing that out because. Uh, they should all take a page from that book. And you know, when you're dealing, like try to de-escalate it, like you said. Yeah, yeah. listen, he broke his own glass. <laughs> all right, he broke his own glass, okay? All right, we got more. You don't wanna mess with a man that'll break his own shades. That's my point, okay? We got more on the other side, it's indisputable stick and stay. Welcome back, we have a lot of show left, let me read. Some of these amazing comments. Uh, and also, uh, once again, the imposter, all right? Make sure you are remaining vigilant and help me to get rid of this bad actor by reporting. Whenever you see somebody say, hey, I'm Doc. Nope, not true. You will know if it's me. There's a blue check on YouTube, always there, all right? Okay, a lot of comments, read as many, as many as I can. Mickey C, the Silver Head Dragon says, laughing my ass. That Karen had to show what she was, uh, what she was by showing her ass. No further introduction needed. <laughs> That's so true. Um, Bill's Dragon circles the wagons. You know, with some lessons, he might be an okay singer. I was thinking <laughs> the same thing. I said, man, that guy actually hit a couple of notes the <laughs> right way. And if you're in a particular environment, he may be able to sing. All right, uh, Maria Harkness, thank you so much for that. Dr. Richie, every single member of TYT has been attacked. I've gotten likes from everybody, including some of my other YouTube channels that I watch. 
they're making fakes of everybody. Yeah, mm. it's uh, very sad, but exposure, right? Transparency, light, that's how we eradicate darkness. Uh, May Money in the building, uh, thank you so much, May Money. Give rock and roll care in the break, Doc. His mixtape didn't sell the way he wanted it to. Why is that? I mean, I was vibing with it, all right? Okay, the Flojo uh, 1958, once again, welcome to Disputable. And uh, is this Sticks Dragon Sharon, or Ch- uh, Sharon was gifted a membership by Gabby Mathis. Thank you, Gabby, and thank you, um, Sick, uh, Sticks Dragon. All right, let's go to Twitch, at least one Twitch, all right. We got Chipmunk PDX. I was hoping there would be a video of when the police arrived. Yeah. All right. We have an indisputable exclusive. A man driven off the road by the police and he wasn't doing anything wrong. The cop just got upset. Here's the video. Pull your ass over! Pull your ass over now! Pull it over now! You better pull your ass over! Pull it over! No, pull it over! This is insane. This is insane. The man literally put on his hazard lights to indicate he's pulling over at a safe place. When you look at that road, you will clearly see it is a dark, dark street. No natural lighting, obviously. No street lights are in the view. He informed the police officer of what he was attempting to do. The cop would not listen. This ordeal took place within a couple of minutes. It wasn't as if there was some high speed chase or some one hour follow. This wasn't even a dangerous situation for other people until the cop decided to make it dangerous for everybody on that street. Now, Antonio Risco tries to find a safe spot to simply pull over. This is exclusive. Dashcam video just got released from the Lamar County, Georgia Sheriff's Office. You could hear the man say, I'm going to get off at the next exit. Sergeant Brayton, right? Sergeant Brayton decides to use a pit maneuver to drive off the road, completely violating policy order. Aggravated the Lamar County Sheriff deputies, command Risco to step outside, here it is. Get out of the car. Crawl out of the car. Now. Don't you move that goddamn hand. Get on the ground. Get on the ground. Get on the ground now. Get on the ground. Get on the ground now. Get the fuck up. I'm a everything. There's a dog right here. I'm seeing everything. 
has a natural reaction as any of us would have. And the deputy says, stop fighting my dog. Let's put the picture up full mass. This is a damn shame. I'm gonna give you all of the background to this exclusive. This is Antonio Risco, 23 years of age at the time of the incident. The incident took place in 2020. We just got the video today. This took place in 2020, they tried to hide it, but we got it. Risco was returning to his home in Canton, Georgia. He told Indisputable, he did not stop immediately because he spoke with an officer earlier that day who said he could put on his emergency lights and signal to the police to get off a busy highway. Here was the aftermath of that Dodge a Dodge Charger. It was actually a 2019, it was a brand new model in 2020. Just got it. Here's what Antonio said to indisputable investigators. The last 30 minutes of audio actually cut out and I screamed bloody murder for the EMTs to take me to the hospital. The cop kept blocking me from talking to the fire department and tow truck drivers so someone could get me help. He continued, I literally thought they were going to kill me. They had their knee on my neck like they had George Floyd. I was getting full force knee on my throat. I was about to pass out and just managed to slip out at the last moment and just took the biggest breath I have ever taken in my entire life. He was trying to survive. For 15 minutes, police wrestled, tased, and hit Risco with their nightsticks. Visible in the video, here you see one of the deputies gets ready to strike Risco with his nightstick. Look at that picture, look at it. At another moment, one can hear a taser repeatedly fired. Next, they sick their police dog on Mr. Risco while he is subdued in handcuffs. Here is the German Shepherd that they made attack Risco. Risco told Indisputable when he was getting mauled by the dog, he was in handcuffs and could not move. He says he heard the canine deputy say, quit fighting my dog. Risco says he has severe neck and back pain from the attack. He still has bite mark scars on his arm and his torso. Risco says he was in a holding cell for 16 hours before nurse treated his wounds. He could barely move for two weeks. Put up the attorneys. You don't want to see these guys coming at all. Attorney Harry Daniels and attorney Wayne B. Kendall. I'm good friends with them both. These cats are some of the most inquisitive and caring lawyers you can have. And I mean that. 
Attorney Harry Daniel spoke with Indisputable. Let's go to it. Insult of injury, he gets out of the car, slams him to the ground, they pull out aspartons, they call him boy, beating him, pays him four times, get him in cuffs, and like his canine dog who lock in and bite the hell out of Antonio is unconscionable. As you can see from the from the pictures and the video, he was in handcuffs, and you can see the pictures of his body. This dog, these scars still here today. This dog is biting and locked in on Antonio. So to look at this, to look at these videos, it's a sick thing to watch from the beginning that he would resort to a a unreasonable force that could have killed him, then subsequently pulling him out of his car and beating him and letting the dogs beat him. This is a scene out of uh, Jim Crow era in uh, 2023 and it's still happening. Okay. So, obviously, the report is going to reflect that they had to do a pit maneuver because the individual was uh, trying to avoid being pulled over. This is obstruction and you expect to see this, right? No, put up the report. Risco's lawyers, they say he was actually charged with possession of a controlled substance. Nothing about fleeing the police or obstruction. That's the incident report. Here is Lamar County Sheriff Brad White. Buck stops with him. You see, Brad, either A, your deputies are aware that you are down with the program or B, they are aware that you are a feckless leader. It's one or the other. A representative of the Lamar County Sheriff's Office could not immediately comment, but did say she would ask the sheriff for a response. And madam, we're gonna wait and hopefully the sheriff gives a response this week. Uh, but this story is going out today. Now, 2020 is when this happened, 2020. They hit the video, did not want anyone to see it. As a matter of fact, they wrote the incident report, so nobody would question the other stuff that happened. It could have killed this man. This dog thoughts. Okay, maybe you can help me answer this. So his car is point is facing the opposite direction of the traffic. So did they um, like have him turn around? Is that what happened? Because from that video, it was. I mean, he's. I mean, yeah. honestly, where he is stopped is so dangerous. I can't believe they were even trying to get him out of the car there because he's right next to basically like the fast lane going in the wrong direction. Yeah, you are right. It, the pit okay. maneuver turned the whole vehicle around. Yeah, that's, I mean, right. that's crazy. That's just in itself seems so dangerous. Yeah. Um, what you know, and you could see he had his hazards on in that video. And you can also see how angry that police officer is. Uh, before even getting out of his car. The way he's yelling at him uh, to pull over, like you already are like, okay, this person has already lost his temper. And yeah. uh, you know, so um, it sounds great that your friends are representing him and it's probably why he finally got this video. Yeah. It's, that's a crazy, really crazy video, yeah. Yeah, and not only could he be dead, um, other people driving could be dead. and. Every policy that I have read, Ms. Dahl, about when to use a pit maneuver always talks about, but you have to do it in a way that does not create danger for other people. You have to do it in a way that literally is safe and it has to be absolutely necessary in order to stop the threat. There was no threat, there was no criminal penalty, there was no charge, there was nothing here but a frustrated cop. Two minutes.
He was following the guy for two damn minutes. All right, we're gonna bring you updates as they come, and I guarantee you they will. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We got a lot of comments. We'll read as many as I can. Lynn says, vicious cycle, police and dog attack victim naturally reacts. Causing police and dog to attack victim naturally reacts. Rinse and repeat, exactly. Uh, beyond confusion, this isn't policing, this is terrorism, exactly. Uh, Robbie Anderson, get, get him, get him like they're the freaking Klan. All right, a black California student receives racist cards from classmates. Let's put up the picture of the institution full mass. Families in Los Angeles are filing suit for the racist abuse students faced at Pepper Tree Elementary School. The abuse included offensive cards handed to black classmates. Here is one example of one of the racist cards. It says, a golden inward had. Another card reads, to my favorite cotton picker. The card also featured drawings of monkeys, cotton balls floating in the sky, and a slave, according to the narrative. Another drawing reads, you're my favorite monkey. Look at this. Other incidents of abuse, another 11 year old. London told KTLA she was the only black girl in her class and forced to be a slave in an American Revolution skit. Her brother, Rome, said he was repeatedly called monkey by his peers and his teacher never did anything about it. Now, some will push back and say, Doc, maybe this was, you know, a neophyte teacher. An educator who was trying to teach the right lesson and just got it wrong. I see those comments all the time. Let me ask you this question. Every time a school teacher is on my show doing something like this, have you ever wondered why it is only black people they would like to teach lessons about? You ever wondered why teachers aren't getting in trouble for, I don't know, mimicking the Holocaust? No stories aren't here. Typically, stories like this. Response from the district, here it is. After the incidents were exposed, a whole two weeks went by before the school principal decided to send a letter to parents about the drawings. The report says, two weeks now. The following day, the Upland Unified School District Board President uploaded a video response condemning the students' actions. The district said they're now reopening an investigation into the incident and the two students responsible. Allegedly, the kids were disciplined, but their form of punishment was not disclosed. So let me talk about the suit. The attorneys at the Cochrane Law Firm, we actually have Cochrane Law Firms all over the country, but the Cochrane Law Firm in Los Angeles are representing the families in individually filed claims for damages against the school district. The parents are citing civil rights violations, and violations of the state's education code and their pending in their pending lawsuit. They say the district collectively failed to put an end to the racial bullying and harassment their children had reported. The district has 45 days to respond to either 
or either to either accept liability or deny the claim. If they deny, the lawsuit will be filed. They have to go through this administrative bureaucracy per law. All right, let's keep it 100. Remember when Dr. Phil and so many others had the anti-bullying campaign? I mean, everybody was involved. Anti-bullying campaign, so much so that even the federal government said, if your school decreases the number of bullying incidents per year, we're going to give you more federal money. So schools started to get creative, especially institutions that had significant background as it relates to racism or race-based incidents. They started to classify these racial incidents as horseplay or rude conversation, anything but bullying. They literally decoupled the element of race of racial bullying and said that's just something else and focused their attention on the other forms of bullying without properly reporting. Now in my book, that should be a criminal violation because you're basically creating a false narrative. You're putting information on an official document in order to get federal dollars. To this day, I don't know of any school district that has been convicted or even charged, even though many teachers, parents, and even school board members have actually blown the whistle on this kind of corruption. All right, Ms. Dahl, thoughts here. I think you raise a really good point. You know, if you're committing fraud essentially yep. in your application to receive federal money, you know, that absolutely should look into and maybe that's something that the Cochrane firm can like add onto in their lawsuit. And you know, I think the thing is here too, what is this is sounds like a public school which is helpful. There are education codes that they have to violate. And uh, you know, we talk a lot about like the government and this is I think one instance where it's helpful that this is a public school. And you know, our rights are a little bit different uh, with private schools. Sometimes they do also apply to private schools, but not always. Uh, so I think it's easier for the parents to step in here. And really what stood out for me was that this was an elementary school. Yep. So sad, they're so young, um, sad for the victims um, because they're so young and, and sad that the kids are at this age, you know, doing that. So aside from the law, so, you know, hopefully as we know, you know, you yes, uh, there's discipline, but there needs to be like a larger conversation. That's right. You know, wh why is this happening? Um, and parents usually, it's usually because of the parents, but you can't obviously, Directly educate the parents, but you—they have a chance, you know, to maybe shift uh, these children's perspective because that's really what they are as children. And as we know, it, it's just going to get worse if they get older if they don't change their perspective. Yeah, yeah. you can educate parents. Uh, you send the student home, tell them they cannot come back to this institution until the parent comes to the institution that teaches the parent a lesson. And you have a good conversation with them, let them know this will not continue in the future. Really interesting, Charlie Kirk comes to the defense of racist white people and says he's on the verge, no longer wanting to help black folks. It is so ironic. Let me take you to the first video. Okay, so Scott Adams, the cartoon, the founder of the cartoon Dilbert said, quote, if near, if, 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 if nearly half of all blacks are not okay with white people, then that makes them a hate group. 
Now, I don't love that. I understand the essence of what he's saying because it's just overgeneralizing. And who's to know if this is the actual sentiment of all blacks in America? It certainly seems like it's heading that way. There is a lot of anti-white sentiment growing there. Uh, Charlie Kirk, I'm going to once again give you a proper education. Number one, uh, why do you think you help black people? Number two, when you decide to contextualize any of this madness into some level of serious conversation, please understand you have now discredited your own proclamation about Dr. King. Was it not you and your people, Charlie Kirk, who said that it was Dr. King that said, a man should be judged by the content of his character. You all are talking about general context and not individual character content. That's not what you're doing. What you are submitting is a very dangerous thing, but you're doing it intentionally. Now, I wanna remind you of what this cartoonist said. So if, if you know, nearly half of all blacks uh, are not okay with white people, according to this poll, not according to me, according to this poll, uh, that's a hate group. That's a hate group. And I don't want to have anything to do with them. And I would say, you know, based on the current way things are going, the best advice I would give to white people is to get the hell away from black people. Just get the away. Wherever you have to go, just get away. Because there's no fixing this. This can't be fixed. So I, I think it makes no sense whatsoever as a uh, white citizen of America to try to help black citizens anymore. It doesn't make sense. It's, it's no longer a rational impulse. And so I'm, I'm going uh, to back off from being helpful to black America because it doesn't seem like it pays off. Like I've been doing it all my life and I've been, the only outcome is I, be, I get called a racist. Because you are. Okay, let's dissect the ways here. So he literally goes on, uh, you know, Seth mode. This is so important to tell the world he's no longer going to help black people because when he does, he's called a racist. Sir, do you understand? how extreme your actions are just doing that move right there. You are literally a Karen and you are unaware of it. This is the new thing to do as if black people needed the help of white men like yourself. The poll he was talking about had nothing to do with hate. It had to do with white bigotry, that's the hate. I'm not okay with white bigotry. I'm not okay with white supremacy. And sir, I'm not okay with you personally. That doesn't mean I'm a man of hate. But when you declare over half of the black population to be a hate group, when you said nothing about the KKK and other actual hate groups, it shows the sentiment of your character. You have always felt the way you felt in that particular video, sir. The reason why individuals called you racist, even though you may have given money to a charity or two that had a black face connected to it, is because they likely interpreted your heart. Which came out that video. 
there's more. Uh, here, let's put up the uh, Charlie Kirk tweet. These guys are so, I mean, they're so fascinating in their ignorance. So Charlie Kirk uh, says, newspapers are canceling Gilbert, claiming creator Scott Adams made racist comments while discussing 26% of blacks don't think it's okay to be white. Damn, wait a minute. Whoa. That is the genesis of their proclamation, right? Well, he has a responsibility to be a cartoonist, fine. He also has a penalty if he chooses to offer something up for the public record. You get either public praise or public criticism, that's how this works. Uh, None of us are immune to that. Every word I say right here, right now will be either publicly scrutinized and criticized or some people will agree with it. You wear that every day, I wear that every day. There's more, Uh, are we going to ignore, he said the fact 12 million blacks think it's okay to hate white people or just be outraged someone noticed, but that's not what it said. Charlie, there's more, Elon Musk would also agree with portions of Adam's rant. Chris Ferguson posted, Adam's comments weren't good, but there's an element of truth to this, it's complicated. Mainly we've leaned into identity with predictable results and power today is complicated. We were on the right path with color blindness and need to return to it. And what did Elon say exactly? This is, this is so sad. Y'all are some ignorant ass white men. Um, Musk would go on to claim that the media actually is racist. Uh, The media is racist, he says. For a very long time, US media was racist against non-white people. Now they're racist against whites and Asians. Same thing happened with elite colleges and high schools in America. Maybe they can try not being racist. Now the actual racism that we cover right here on Indisputable, do you think Elon Musk gives a damn about that racism? The actual racism in K through 12 education will not be covered nor cared about for these individuals. They don't care about that. They care about protecting their identity, their racial identity, of course. Let me give you background on the polling company. Um, The Rasmussen reports has spent the post Trump years fervently engaged in culture war fights. Uh, The company once generally considered conservative, but still primarily a polling firm has shifted its focus. Its online presence includes the results of its Republican friendly polls but also amplifies right wing causes and rhetoric. The polls meanwhile are often sponsored by hard right organizations and causes. So earlier this month, it embraced a different aspect of right wing politics. The idea that white people face discrimination and racism equal to or greater than black or other non white groups. Let me give you a breakdown of the polling. As summarized, it suggests that only 53% of black Americans agree that it's okay to be white. Hence Adam's framing 
Nearly half of all blacks are not okay with white people. By itself though, this is wrong. Only 26% say they disagree, that's according to the poll. But remember, these figures are for only a small number of black respondents. If Rasmussen's 1000 person poll included 136 black adults matching the national population, the margin of error would be about eight percentage points. More importantly though, Rasmussen didn't ask if people thought it was okay to be white. They asked if people agreed with the statement, it's okay to be white. Now this is what we call front leaning a poll, all right? It's called a push poll, utilized very often by political figures such as Donald Trump. He utilized push polls all the time. These polls are created in a way to get a false outcome for a particular agenda. So they pose the question in a way, when the data comes back, they then interpret the data loosely based on their configuration and affix that product or that number to a false narrative. That's what you see here. All right, Ms. Dahl, thoughts? Okay, I feel like you've kind of said it all, but that was my thinking was just that the polling, how you phrase a question is yep. very leading. Right, especially like from a lawyer, like how you phrase it is very leading. And to be honest, I think you could pull pull any groups of people and ask them about basically, uh, you know, pre-existing beliefs about another group, and you would get like a whole plethora of results that you wouldn't like. And uh, so, for them to use this as really to bolster their argument that you know there is something, you know, an anti-white going on. This is what we are hearing um, from the far right. So it's not surprising that they created a poll and used the results for their agenda. Um, and you know, I wish Elon Musk wouldn't keep on getting into this because I actually like Twitter and it's like every time he talks, it's just makes it worse and worse. But you know, for, you know, he's revealing himself. They are yeah. all revealing themselves. And if we see it in that light, we can be glad for our freedom of speech because when you know somebody, then you can do things like not want to read their comic. That's capitalism, it's not right. capital culture, it's capitalism. That's right, it's called economic withdrawal, it's an independent decision. Let's put her up. This is an update. Tennessee cop involved in a tris claims. It was groomed by the police. Let's put the picture up for mass. Former Tennessee cop Megan Hall, 26 years of age, who was fired over numerous sexual trysts with other officers, claims in a new federal lawsuit that she was sexually groomed by her department superiors. This is a hell of a story. You gotta pay attention. Hall was fired in January after affairs with five other cops became public. Hall, who blamed a troubled marriage for the affairs claims, she felt trapped and exploited among the all-male ranks of the uh, of the LA Vern Police Department. Now, let me say this, when this first happened, who was the face of the story? It was her, she was the face of the story. She was at a time the only face of the story, even though according to the articles written initially, her supervisors were the ones having sexual relations with her. Now, I'm not defending the actions of any of these cops, they were adults. But do you not find it ironic that the five men who were engaged in this misconduct had no picture of them 
in any of the reporting initially, it was only her. There's more. According to the 51 page federal lawsuit, uh, where Miss Hall sought role models at her new job, she instead found predators. The lawsuit says, in place of offering professional development, her supervisors and the chief of police groomed her for sexual exploitation. They colluded in using their authority to systematically disarm her resistance and entrap her in degrading and abusive sexual relationships, even sharing tips on the best ways to manipulate and exploit her. The suit claims Hall, who had a history of mental illness, felt trapped and in an attempt to escape, she nearly killed herself. Now remember, she's the police now, okay? And I'm bringing this up for a few reasons. Number one, she has now said, yeah, I had a history of mental health, okay? A mental health disorder. She's still the police. In addition to that, if they'll treat another cop this way, how do you think they'll treat you? If they'll treat another person in blue in this manner, how do you think they would treat your children? There's more. In an interview during an internal investigation, the young cop admitted she performed sex acts on duty and on police property and had a threesome with one cop and his wife. He told the investigator, Hall, excuse me, told the investigator she got stupid and got desperate in the midst of a divorce. All right, let's put him up. Hall, who was 24 when she first applied to the force in 2020, claims she first became sexually involved with Sergeant Superior. Lewis Powell, this was early last year. The lawsuit says Powell learned Hall was going through marital problems and positioned himself as a reliable source of companionship and advice regarding Hall's career and her marriage. Sergeant Powell persisted in requests for sex despite Ms. Hall's resistance. It said eventually Ms. Hall gave in to Sergeant Powell's request for sexual favors. She said when she tried to break off the affair, Powell threatened to kill himself. Now, do I flat out believe everything that she's saying? No, I don't. Uh, I don't know exactly who to believe. I do know this, it's chaotic, but probably normative for this kind of behavior to happen inside of the ranks of police departments throughout this country. There's more, put them up. Hall said the exploitation continued with power led to other encounters with officers, top row, left to right. You got Larry Holiday, Patrick Maglacho. Uh, T.Y. McGowan, bottom row, left to right, Juan Lugo Perez, Gavin Skullbarrel, uh, and Detective Seneca Shields. Powell, Lugo Perez, and McGowan and Shields were actually fired while the other cops kept their jobs but were in fact suspended. Earlier this month, put them up, the police chief, Beryl Chip Davis, was also fired. All claims. Davis encouraged this behavior and shared in the pornography and sexual fantasy of mutually abusing Ms. Hall with his trusted supervisor, T.Y. McGowan. Isn't that something? She also said Davis once asked her to come into his office to dance for him, tried to get her to agree to lunch date, and described her clothing as hot girl summer-ish. The lawsuit names the city, Powell, McGowan, and Davis as defendants. It, it seeks an unspecified amount of damages, lost wages, medical expenses, mental suffering, emotional distress, and reputational harm. And I'm sure uh, these guys are saying to their families and their wives, this lion. Well, listen, uh, maybe if you all would have a department that has professional standards, at least 
to the degree of the fast food restaurant I worked at as a teenager, you would not be here. Ms. Dog thoughts. Her grooming argument is really unique uh, and, and might be really hard to prove. She was an adult and you know, we don't see kind of that grooming argument in that kind of a situation. Definitely some sort of like sexual harassment claim is easier, especially since yeah. somebody was a superior. Why wasn't that made? Let me ask you this legally because it doesn't matter if she agreed. Um, if it is a superior and they are involved in the sexual relationship and you cannot prove some kind of prerequisite relationship, why is it that they did not make that claim because that seems to be the easiest claim here because it doesn't require that she said no at any time. Right, exactly. Like you can't consent when you're right. in a, a superior, like a lower position of power. I was wondering if it was something unique to police departments. That's what I was kind of thinking when I was hearing that story. Okay. Perhaps there's something along those lines because otherwise that would have been much easier for her. Um, and. This I think is going to be a lot harder. It makes me feel though for women um, like her are in an all male culture. This is very tricky, you know, whether or not, you know, if, if this is accurate, then great, she did it. And if it's not, it ends up hurting women who are in those kind of positions. There you go, all right. Always a pleasure having you on the program and your fascinating legal mind. Tell people how they can follow you, check out your great work. Thank you so much for having me. I always love talking to you. I'm at Ask Dina Dahl across all platforms, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok. Thank you so much. All right, remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable. Welcome to Indisputable. I'm your host, Dr. Rashad Richard. We got a lot happening today. But what do we do on this show? We tell the truth. You know why we tell the truth? Because the truth is simply indisputable. Rashad, great to be here. Congratulations on the new show. And I gotta let everybody know that Rashad and I go way back. Here's the pattern that we see in all of these Karen stories. They think they own stuff they do not own. Now, where does that come from? I don't know, maybe slavery. Maybe they think they should still own black people. This is what happens when Karens weaponize the police. When you're used to privilege, equality seems like oppression. It hits you in a certain way when someone is holding you against your will, treating you like you're a criminal and you're an innocent person. This is something that black people face no matter where they are. A stronger black economy lends itself to a stronger, greater economy. Don't think it's exclusive of you, it's inclusive of you. What's your beef with critical race theory? It adds more fuel to the fire of the racist tendencies that we already have. We have a generation of problem solvers that can remedy the problem if they are properly taught what the problem is. You know who created redlining in this country? Mm -hmm. It's a white liberal. I, I, don't, I don't give a damn who created it. If it's no, a I, racist I, I, policy, I, I, racist I, policy, Shelly. Here's what I don't know. I don't know. See, there you go filibustering, brother. You're scared of this truth, but you're gonna get it though.